Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Twelve thirty one, Hans and Scotty, ninety seven five, the KSL Sports Zone. You know what you do when you're out on a street plaza, Heck yes, and, and it's thirty eight degrees in downtown Salt Lake City. You hand out ice cream. That's what you do. Let's go. You hand out frozen solid fat boys. Uh, That's what you do. Uh, we are out and about today, right across the street from the arena. Come by, hang out with us, and uh, Dan Wyke, who covers the Lakers, hello, hello, for the LA Times. How are you? Thanks for coming by here. You, you know, um, I wasn't aware there was free ice cream, but now I'm dub- now I'm doubly glad I came. You load up. You take as much. In fact, if you want to just take that big cooler right back to the hotel room, it is all yours. It's all yours, Dan. Might not have ice cream in it for long, but that it would, it would still get uh, it would still get some use though. Sorry if the volume was no was no no your ears. No. We had them turned all the way up. We're out in the we're out in the elements. You know, like you got to be. I got to be locked in. I got to be focused. And who knows? There are cars everywhere. Yeah, exactly. great people. You got you guys have fans. I've seen you guys get stopped a couple times out here. This is great. So I got. I can't imagine what it's like covering the circus that is the Los Angeles yeah. Lakers. That is the probably the craziest beat in all of sports. It's been wild. And um, it's funny because we've we have um, when I say we I mean Los Angeles, we have like recruited beat writers from the jazz. You know, yeah. Bill Orem, great friend of mine, Kyle Goon, still on the beat, like have have had they they have joined the circus. And uh, you know, for me, um, I, I, look, it's good, right? Like, I'm very busy, um, which is what a journalist wants. You want stories, and there are no shortage of them. I, I think the last sort of week plus was one of the craziest I've ever covered, yes. where you had <laughs> Kyrie Irving demanding a trade on Friday, um, the push to a scoring record that got broken on Tuesday, followed by a trade deadline where six players got dealt on Thursday, <laughs> which was wild. Like, even by Lakers standards, like, pretty crazy. Like, but I, like, I think the best way to explain sort of covering the Lakers, and it's frustrating, and it's cool all at once, is like, so I was watching last night the Clippers and the Suns on TNT. Close game in the fourth quarter. The Lakers just had a great win against New Orleans. But they're still in 13th place, and they pulled the standings up there. 
And they're, like they're not, they are edited off the screen. The TV is not big enough in my room to see where the Lakers are. <laughs> and they're talking about like, well, if they can get to the four seed, and it is like this element, like they had a very good game, but there is no, there's not a lot of gray area when you talk about the Lakers, either because they are either contending for championships or it's a failure. Yeah, and. um you know, to me, like, I don't like when things are that black and white. I, I like to live in the margins a little bit more. 20 games left. Yeah. And the conversation was, well, if they can sneak into the four seed. Well, they could have it, a playoff series at home. But, but I will tell you, <laughs> it, it, you watch them at times, and, like, because they have LeBron James, because they have Anthony Davis, like, it is, they're like a seductress in that way. Like, you do kind of get sucked into that hype every once in a while where you're just like, like, it's not unthinkable to see them win 10 games in a row even though we haven't come anywhere close to seeing them win 10 like it is this constant but it could like, happen it is this constant push pull between what common sense tells you and what your eyes tell you in flashes and, and it, that's really been the story for them for the, the last years which i think is mostly a credit to the the guy that's behind us lebron james i mean like it is this sort of ultimate weapon in the sense that if you have lebron james like you do sort of feel like anything can happen even if common sense tells you you know, maybe the team wasn't what it needed to be. But after picking off, you know, a couple of really useful players from the Jazz, like, I, I think there's real optimism. Yeah. I typically wouldn't have to clarify this, but when Dan said LeBron is behind us, typically, no, he's yes. not actually standing behind us. It's All-Star Weekend. He could be. Yes. But he's pointing We're at like, the big pictures. Hey, LeBron, chill. Dan's on the air with us. You're next. Wait wait your turn. <laughs> it's not I, always about you, LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> How is it covering LeBron? Um, I like it. I've liked it so far. It's tiring. I mean, like, he is a sentence away from making international news at any moment, yeah. which is crazy. But I have found him to be very good at being famous, by do, and large. Do you feel like you're a misstep away from being international news? It has happened. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, for I talked sure. to Bill Orham a few months ago about, oh about him getting drugged by LeBron yes. and how that just and turned well, his life upside to, down. To, to be clear, everybody knows that Bill does hate the Lakers. I will, I will also <laughs> oh. repeat LeBron. <laughs> Everyone does know. Um, no, but I think uh, he doesn't, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it's – I mean, it's – the, the lights are really bright on us. I mean, like, and it is, you are sort of, like, I've been pretty fortunate that the things that I've been involved in have been fairly either behind the scenes or minimal. Like, I've had some kind of pushback with Russell Westbrook here and there, and, and that is uh, Utah Jazz. Utah oh, yeah, Jazz starting, Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz party car, Russell yeah. Westbrook. He and I have had, um, you know, some good times and some bad, some more bad. And, the, and it, but I will say, like, reporters, like, generally speaking, like, that's not, like, no one, like, gets up for that. Like, not that I've been around, you know, like. You just—it's weird. You just don't want to get walked over. You—you you don't want to get bullied, but at the same time, you don't want to be standoffish either. And you also are totally aware that when it comes to fans, like, like there are way fewer Dan Wakey fans than there are LeBron <laughs> James, Russell Westbrook. You know, like whatever. Like so, like you're always going to lose that anyway. So okay, Dan, because we, we now brought him up. Yeah, I want to know. And I want Utah Jazz fans to know, what are they going to get when the Jazz finally release the reins on Russell Westbrook and, well, and let him look, run free for the final 20 games? Look, I mean, you are going to get a – I mean, that's what it's going to sound like. It's a runaway train, yeah, really. Yeah. Like, I mean, he is um, – he's all-encompassing. It's not actually, like, the world's worst situation if it were to happen um, because he's not a bad guy. I, I mean, like – and believe me, I have all the reason in the world to say if he was. He really isn't. Um, 
I think, though, he is he's in this weird sort of middle ground where he, the things that he's best at, you know, are domineering, right? Like, he needs the ball a lot. Like, if you are a Russell Westbrook, if Russell Westbrook is on your team, you are going to be a Russell Westbrook team in the sense that you're going to take on his style of play because if you don't, the things that he's really bad at are, are the things that you would typically want out of a complimentary player, right? He's not a great stand-in-the-corner-and-shoot guy. Like, he gets lost. He's not a very good team defender. But but I think, like, if he were to play here, the team would play incredibly fast. You would see, um, you know, I think, like, you know, he'd get a lot of really easy looks for, like, Walker Kessler and Larry Markinen. Like, he cares about that stuff. Yeah. Um, would it stunt some of their development? Maybe. I mean, it would be very temporary. I, I guys, I'd be surprised if it happened. No, it, we are yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, I think like, like I, you, you know, I mean, especially too, like he would. Could, there is a world in which he would come here, reigns off. I mean, he's still a very talented basketball player. The things he is good at, it's just everything he was good at with the Lakers. It just always made more sense to ask LeBron James to do it. Yeah, like he was too redundant. Um, what's the demand for him? I know a couple of members yeah. of the Clippers have been vocal about getting him, but I think there's a an element of, I don't know if there's a lot of people out there that really uh, yeah. want it. No, I mean, I think that's the truth. Um, and, I mean, I think it's, again, because uh, of he's hit this weird stage where he's the, it's hard to imagine him as the sixth or the seventh or the eighth most important player on a team because his skills just kind of scream like leading man in that way, right? And. So I don't know if it's an inability to adjust. I don't know if it's just like what he's good at holds so little value. It's hard to – and I've had this conversation for over a year with people about him. It's hard to, like, completely nail down even, like, the right kind of team. You know, I, I, I think Chicago makes a little sense. Yeah. Um, Do the Clippers? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I, I don't. How about I, Miami? I, maybe. They do kind of let people be themselves. They have a strong culture. They're spacing. They have, like, kind of some shooters. Um, you know, but, like, you know, is he better than Kyle Lowry? You'd have to be. I mean, like, to me, yeah. like, I don't think you go there to share that job. Like, if you're signing him, it's because you're handing it to him. I, I look at Chicago and I say, like, their spacing's already pretty bad. Yeah. Like, it's not going to get, like, you can't stand closer together anyway. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's going to be bunched up. And they just, you know, with Lonzo Ball hurt, they have such guard needs that maybe it's there. But it's it's hard to kind of see. I wouldn't be, like, shocked if there will be a period of time where, like, he's looking for a job. Like, it, it's just, it's hard to go. And, and it, it's really kind of sad isn't the right word. I mean, he made $47 million this year. Like, it's sad is not the right word. But, like, for a player with tremendous pride to kind of see, like, to, I mean, he was a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's yeah. a for sure Hall of Famer, yeah. the all-time leader in triple doubles. To see the things that he has done well and, and been so successful at become devalued because of his skill erosion, it, it, it's it's not an easy situation. The reason I think that Scotty's question is so relevant is he showed up and we kind of thought he'd go pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. And... The longer it goes without announcements or buyouts, because we do have some information in regards to the Jazz saying to him, "Yeah, we're open to whatever. Yeah, if you want to do this or you want to go take a look at this," and and so I kind of feel like he's out there shopping and his For agent sure. is out there shopping totally. 100%. very actively. But we're not seeing the buyout. And we're not seeing the, the well, move. So it makes you wonder. There's a financial element in this, too, and it's not necessarily the buyout itself, right? It's sort of like once you become a player who has been bought out, like your market then in oh, free okay. agency yes. sort of changes, right? Like, and, and I look, I'm not quite sure what his market is going to be next year in free agency anyways. Um, but I think that was always a point of contention. 
in discussions. You know, he, he did change agents before the start of the season, and that was one of the things. Like, there was some pushback. Like, should I go somewhere else? Should I go get – like, if I, if he were to get traded to Utah before the season, he almost assuredly would have been bought out. But if you become a bio player, then now you're working on the minimum, and now you've, you've reset your own market, right? And, and I think that's an element of this. There's a pride element to this, too. Um, like I said, I, it may be best for him to come play here and, and – and play the right way and, you know, have an opportunity with some freedom and, you know, to get out of the shadow of L.A. a little bit and, and do it. Like, that's not an unthinkable situation. He's had success. You know, I mean, he had a good season in Washington in a very yeah. similar circumstance. And, and so it's not impossible. I just sort of feel like, you know, what's Utah's appetite for this? Like, how does this help with Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck and, like, those guys want to do? Is this what, like, does this get in the way of what you want to do with Colin Sexton? Does this get in the way of you know, the year Laurie Markkinen's had, like, because all of a sudden those guys have become big parts of what you're trying to do, certainly Markkinen, uh, of, like, you know, where this franchise could be in the next two, three years. How much do you think LeBron <clears throat> was campaigning for the Kyrie trade? Um, oh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, he was pretty open about it. And do you think that because of because of LeBron trying to reunite, do you think there's a chance in the offseason, or do you think Kyrie stays in Dallas and resigns there? I mean, I think with Kyrie, everything's sort of always on the table. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, it just—he's just not a very countable person yeah. um, in that way. Like you know, I mean, he—he he told fans in Boston that's where he wanted to stay, and three months later, you know, he was a Brooklyn Net. So I, look, I, I think that what the, what the Lakers have done at the deadline in acquiring Jared Vanderbilt and acquiring Malik Beasley and acquiring D'Angelo Russell is they have set themselves up for the type of summer that they have not had in three years really really since LeBron joined the team and that's a summer where they have continuity where they're not out there chasing something where they're not out there totally capped out and and like you know I mean they're, they're, they have turned over their roster so much from the team that won the championship they've done it every year um, and because of like the not to get too good into the geekery of the salary cap but because they were paying three players you know 150 million dollars everybody else coming through was on minimum deals or on exceptions and they would they were unable to go over the cap to sign anybody so even if, you know, when they signed Lonnie Walker to the mid-level and he was playing pretty well at the start of the year, like, that's great that he's playing well. They can't afford – they couldn't afford to bring him back, right? Like, if Troy Brown Jr. plays well, they can't afford to re-sign him. Um, this deal has given them guys that they can have be kind of part of a continuity process. And you already see it. Like, I, like they love playing with Jared Vanderbilt, like, already. You know, Malik Beasley is a shooter that they haven't had. A guy, you know, who – there was a pass the other day – where he kind of jumped to catch it in the corner. Like, before he landed, he was shooting, and I was just like, man, what a life. <laughs> like, hey, you get to do this. It's like yeah. the greenest light of all time. And, like, you know, they, they really like that, and I think there's a chance that, you know, they kind of move forward with this, and this could be a chance to try to build something together for one sort of final big LeBron push in Los Angeles. When you take a look at the payload that they sent back, and we've mm-hmm. talked enough about Westbrook, and you got Juan Toscano Anderson, and you, got, and you got some other pieces – but talk to us about this first round pick that the <laughs> Lakers have sent back. The twenty twenty seven? Yes. What what and and obviously slightly protected, but what type of value does it carry and and how difficult was it for the Lakers to part from it? Because I think it was the only first round pick that was parted from they had through two, the trade. Yeah, they had two to trade. They had twenty seven and twenty nine and they were really resistant about trading both because it sort of represented like emptying out your bank account. Like right, like leaving yourself like zero balance and hoping for the best. Like really really risky i look i think to me when i look at it like there's a chance that this 27 pick could become 
you know, somebody terrific for the Jazz. Like one of the, one of the versions we mentioned already, like, you know, the Clippers made a trade, um, I think, in Blake Griffin's rookie season where they traded a first-round pick in Baron Davis to Cleveland for Mo Williams. They wanted to get Blake Griffin an all-star point guard, and they thought that that, fitting, that fit worked. And, and to get off of Baron Davis's contract, the cost was a first-round pick. That turned out to be Kyrie Irving, right? And, yeah. and so, like, that certainly could happen, not obviously the number one pick, but you. this could be Donovan Mitchell. This could be, like, whoever it is next. More realistically, to me, what I think this pick represents, and this is what Danny Ainge has put together here, is that, you know, if you hear somebody, like, kind of maybe unhappy – um, yeah, you know Trey Young, Carl Anthony Towns, like those types of guys. Like the Jazz have the the kind of payload to to get after one of those dudes, and that can kind of, especially if you are developing rotational um, sort of role players, which I think this team will be very good. Um, will Hart coach? I have a lot of trust in Justin Zanuck in that front office um, to develop those kinds of players. Then, like, when the star becomes available, you have the built-in infrastructure already, and you can kind of pick off. I'm not sure that it's Trey Young or, or Carl Anthony Towns. I don't know if those are the right guys. Yeah. Maybe it's Bradley Beal. Like, who, who knows whenever that Zach, Zach Levine, like, those level of, like, kind of fringy all-star players, when they become available, maybe you provide them with the situation, and it, it is a marketing-style launching pad. Um, you know, in a good situation, a lower-pressure situation, and, and then the, you the next thing you know, you're a playoff contender again. Yeah. Hey, uh, we got to go break. Can you hang out for a sure. little bit more? All yeah, right. Sure. Dan Wyke from the L.A. Times, kind enough to join us, LA, our uh, Laker beat writer. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on if the uh, power structure of the West has shifted to Phoenix with mm-hmm. the KD trade. We'll talk more about that coming up next. Live here, right next to Vivint Arena, the home of the 2023 All-Star Game. We continue on next right here on 97.5, the EKSL Sports Zone. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. It is time to talk a little Utah Jazz basketball with the coach, Tim Lacombe. Yeah, let's talk about Talon Horton Tucker. What can he offer this team, or, or what would you like to see from him? His ability to get places on the floor and make really remarkable plays is pretty astounding. I think that, that he's a guy worth watching, and he's definitely a guy during this stretch of these minutes will be really pivotal. I, I like the idea of a guy who can go in there and change the pace and create chaos I think he does that well, but he's also really effective. He makes baskets and, you know, he turns it over and in some plays won't look great, but for the majority of the time, you know, he's out there making positive impact. So the more he can do that with the refs he's given and get some confidence personally and then obviously confidence from the group, you know, I think some good things could happen for him here at the end of the season, kind of positioning for next year. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.
Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Rihanna, uh-huh, uh-huh. good girl going back. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is All-Star Weekend here in Salt Lake City. We're just right across the street from Vivint Arena. You want to come by and hang out? Uh, we got ice cream, too. We yes. Got the, uh, the cooler full of fat boy ice creams. You want one, we will give you almost as many as you want. We don't want your outsides to be lonely cold. Get your inside, we'll get your insides yeah. cold, too. So that your outside's right. not lonely. Right. Now, if you want to swap out a little hot chocolate for it, we'd be more than happy to take those off your you hands. Trade. Anybody yeah. that brings, like I said, anything that's edible, you bring it by. Scotty and I are not going to shoo you away. Hans was asking for edibles earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that sounds more like an L.A. thing. Um, I, had a, uh, I had a great lunch here today. I went to Pretty Bird. It was always oh, like yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. And I will tell you, like, so the one I went to, I didn't realize it's now only takeout only. And I still sat outside, Nate. That's how nice, all things considered, the weather was today. Nice. Yeah. yeah we, we are. We're lucking out today. We got a storm coming in Monday and Tuesday. Well, actually, Tuesday that goes into Thursday. So Adam next Silver, week Adam Silver got that push back. Yeah. A lot of... A lot of power in this league. <laughs> hey, when you get a lot of billionaires involved, they can That's make right. some stuff happen. Right. Dan Wyke, kind enough to join us from the L.A. Times. All right, so when you saw the trade go down yeah. with uh, KD going to Phoenix, number one, Woo. did it take you off guard? Because it surprised a lot of people. Or you heard I, some rumblings there. I had thought it was going to happen in the summer. Okay. I, that was kind of so following the Kyrie trade as closely as I was because I thought there was a pretty good chance he'd end up with the Lakers. Um, once – Brooklyn landed on Dallas. It certainly seemed like the Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith return was sort of like saying, we still want to be good. You know, we, we want to build a team around Kevin Durant that is competitive, and hopefully we can we can assuade him that, you know, um, this is the, the place to be. We want to, we, that's what we want to, we're going to recruit him through competency and stability versus sort of the, the volatilities of, you know, James Harden leaving and, and certainly Kyrie Irving doing everything um so that was kind of what i thought but i I, i'm not surprised that he you know look you make a trade request like if i told my wife that i wanted a trade request (laughs) from home it's gonna be pretty quick and then i was gonna say and like and i didn't get it she'd (laughs) probably think that i might still want it (laughs) three or four months later right like you know what i mean like i think like and and so i just i don't think like brooklyn was that surprised i think they pivoted they did really well they pivoted quickly um, they, like I was saying with Utah, now have um, a bunch of draft picks. Even though they don't have their own, there's not a lot of incentive. There's not a lot of incentive for them to be bad in the short term. Houston has all of those from the the botch James Harden deal. But I, I think like Brooklyn will be another place that, as these guys kind of you know get grumpy in their markets and stuff like that, they have. We've seen it. You know, like the, I mean Utah, Danny Ainge, like who's the one who broke the market with the Rudy Gobert deal. You got to have three or four or five first round picks. You got to have some young players. Uh, Brooklyn has that now, so they can get in the conversation for anybody um, once they become uh, disillusioned with their current home. I actually never compared the two Rudy Gobert and Kevin Durant and the payload that those trades brought. Sure. How closely related? Because pretty similar. Four first, right? They're both four first, I believe. Well, in the. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, the, the, the Gobert, I, gotta, I have to unpack and try to, like, remember who came from Minnesota, who came from Cleveland. Um, I mean, Mikel Bridges is the best player yeah. that has moved in, in, in this deal, right? Um, 
and marketing is in part of the Mitchell trade, but like that wasn't even supposed to be this. No, if we're being honest, right? Like that, like that's been a real happy surprise. Here's. Um, yeah, really quick. Here's because uh, okay, I, I, I want to give this to you because okay, who, who are the you're going to be dealing with most of the guys that came. I was saying it's, Van, it's, it's Vanderbilt Beasley. It was Be- Beverly. Beverly. Yeah. Uh, Leandro Balmaro, who they just released. Yes. Correct. And Walker Kessler. Yeah. Which well, is ben, really good. turning out well. Didn't see that one coming, yeah, but good yeah. player. But um, I did want to give you those players. Yeah, I mean, I think like to me, like the Bridges Cam Johnson return is is better, but that makes sense. I mean, Kevin Durant is a better player than Rudy Gobert. Um, like, and, and I think that, like, but for this to happen that quickly in a situation where there isn't a ton of leverage, like, all the star, all the stars sort of aligned. You had a, a really aggressive new owner in Matt Ishbia. You had a team, Phoenix, that's been struggling. You know, um, and look, I'm, I, I think that they are the now instantly the most team in the West. There's no doubt about that. At the top, I, I have some issues with their bench. Um, yeah. we'll see how Terrence Ross plays. We'll see if are they a landing spot for Kevin Love. Are they a landing spot for some of these other guys that, like, you know, is that where Patrick Beverly lands? I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to go there. Um, I'd be very surprised if it was Patrick Beverly, too. But, you know, are they a place that can pick up one or two more rotation players? Because I looked at the Clippers last night that played. I mean, the Clippers looked like a better team last night. Yeah. Kevin Durant was on the sidelines, of course. But um, the Clippers looked pretty dangerous last night, I thought. Uh, we're, we're in, like, the hierarchy of the West. Where do you put Denver? I mean, obviously, best record right now. But, best uh, record. In the playoffs, uh, where's your confidence level at that I team? mean, I think I've seen them lose too many times with this group to, like, feel like that they are head and shoulders um, a favorite. Like, you know, if the Lakers somehow scratch their way into this postseason and they're the eighth seed and they're healthy, who would you – I mean, who would be favored in that series? Um, you have, obviously, Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., but you've got LeBron James, Anthony Davis – D'Angelo Russell. I mean, they've. The, That's the, what I want to see. The, 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 the Lakers. Have I wouldn't him. miss a game. Yeah, the Lakers have beaten them twice already this year. Yeah. Um, you know, because they've been able to move Jokic around in different ways and stuff like that. I, I kind of feel like this is sort of a. I know Anthony Davis can defend Jokic. A I, bit. I know how good Nikola Jokic is. Right, like I, he is the best big man in the NBA. I think um, he's the most skilled, one of the most skilled seven footers ever to play this game. Um, definitely the best passer. And that all being said, like, it is sort of like, okay, we got to go win something now. MVPs are great, you know, but if you're going to be a three-time MVP and, I, and I'm sitting here and I'm not quite sure sort of like how big of a postseason threat you are, there's a disconnect there. Yeah. And, I, and I think there's elements of his game that need to be adjusted for them to kind of move over that hump. But it, it, it is an interesting time because if, they, if this is another empty year for them, they would, I would think they would have to look at their core around Jokic and say, is this good enough? It feels a bit Utah Jazz one yeah. seed-ish a, a few years ago. Correct. It, it yeah. does have a, a bit of that sense. Where it's like they're a great team. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how scared I am. What, how much substance is yeah. there? How pot committed is Dallas now with the move that they made for Kyrie Irving? Um, I mean, they're in it. You know, I mean, they, I think, have some other stuff that they would like to do in terms of, you know, Christian Wood and, like, maybe, like, trying to upgrade in that situation. But, like, they are in the make Luca happy business, right? Another guy who is over our shoulders but not yeah. actually physically over our shoulders. Yes. Um, Luca, keep it down. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think. Yeah, um, there'll be a time in. Yeah, yeah, you're up next, Luca Doncic. Um, no, I mean, that that to me is what it is. It's like, and, and Kyrie is Kyrie's a big swing. He, he is one of the most skilled players I've ever seen. Great finisher. Um, shoots the lights out of the ball, but like and is a and has been a, a really good like running mate star, right? Like 
guy who can help you take possessions off. He can hit step and step and shoot jumpers, like catch and shoot jumpers. He can pull up game is great. Like all of that is awesome. It, it's it's can you count on him? And they're they're betting that they're kind of now. Look, they didn't give up the four or the five first round picks. He's a free agent in the summer. Um, you know, I think he will go into those negotiations looking for stability, and it's a stability that. You look around the league, I don't know that there is a four-year deal out there for Kyrie Irving. You know, I don't know that there's a three-year deal. That seems probably where it'll land. But, like, I know from the Lakers' perspective, they weren't interested in having to give him a four-year max contract this summer because in four years, like, who knows what he's doing? Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a real concern. It's like, will he be playing basketball for four years from now? No one knows. Dan, we appreciate you coming by, man. Guys, a lot of fun. thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Um, it's uh, it's good to know that people from here aren't as bad as Kyle or, uh, Kyle Goon and Bellorum. Like that's been <laughs> most of my daily exposure to Utahns, and and it, it it's it's a relief to know that it, it, that they're really the bad apples. Yeah, that's probably why they had to leave. And from Scotty and I's side, we're so happy to get guys like you on air so that we can say, hey, we're not them. That's yeah, fair. That's, exactly. that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So, that's so fair. if you could spread the word, that's that good. Would I will let people know around town that, yeah. that they're not all as bad as Bill. We love having you in town, Dan. Thank you guys Thanks. for having me. Enjoy the right. uh, festivities, and Take we'll care, chat fellas. soon. Uh, Stan Wyke, we're live here at uh, just outside Vivint Arena. It is the 2023 All-Star Game right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.